Thank you for joining us today. My name is Matt Schmidt, and I'm the ServiceNow's Mission Account Manager for our Navy and Marine Corps. ServiceNow is a world-class automation engine helping out the Don in both mission and business operations. The world works with ServiceNow. Welcome to our session today entitled Supporting the Warfighter Today. Our fireside chat will be with Dave McDonald, CIO Plans and Programs for Nick Tam's PAC. And we're going to explore a little bit of how the command's approach to modernizing has been evolving to meet mission needs and mandates. Mr. McDonald, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Matt, you thank you, and, and call me Dave. Uh, it's good to, be, um, good to be online with you, um, and uh, glad to have a chance to talk about uh, some of our challenges with, uh, with data, with services, with applications, and, and people and processes, so excited to be here. I appreciate you joining us, sir. If you wouldn't mind, can you provide us a little bit about your role and uh, areas of responsibility over at Nick Tam's PAC? Yeah, sure. Um, so so uh, I am the uh, Command Information Officer, the CIO and Plans and Programs Director for the Navy Computer and Telecommunications Area Master Station Pacific. Um, so so it's important right up front, I say, in this role, um, you know, not, not speaking from a policy perch or programmatic or, or, or resources perch for the Department of the Navy. It's kind of a sidebar. I love to have conversations with industry. Also, um, I'll, I'll say, Matt, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Not, not endorsing service now, but, um, but we've really, really enjoyed working with you guys for the last year uh, and, and look forward to doing some more of that. Um, so in my role, I, uh, I, I look across the Pacific Hemisphere, uh, Nick Thames Pack and our aligned organizations do Navy and joint telecommunications, IT, cyber defense, and a few other things uh, for, for the Department of Defense for the warfighter on this, this side of the world. Uh, it spans the gamut from IP networks, uh, radio transmitter facilities, uh, messaging and, and data application services, uh, base communication services, a lot of that, that stuff that's in the ground, right? Fiber, copper, microwave across our bases and stations across the Pacific hemisphere. So it's a big enterprise. And among the things I do is kind of look um, current and future at our missions, systems, resourcing, um, and our overall readiness uh, to perform those missions for the warfighter. Well, I appreciate that, sir. And that's, that's excellent. So I said, you've been around technology, give or take, for over 40 plus years. And I said, we really wanted to get an understanding from you. What challenges are you seeing in the Nick Tams Pack landscape now versus maybe say ten years ago for modernization? Yeah, so so the challenges the challenges never never end. So in my current role, I've been up at Nick Tams for about sixteen years, uh, but you know my career history goes back to being a you know a deck plate um, cryptologist um, on submarines um, at, at um, mission operations at various field stations around the world. So I've been in touch with technology for, for that 40 year career so far. Um, you know, it's, it's my perspective that, you know, you're, you're kind of always in a perfect storm of change, right? Uh, but but in, in certain times more, more than others, right? I, I, think, I think we're in a stage now where there's this kind of exponential explosion of potential driven by so many factors in technology, compute power, uh, you know, bandwidth and network robustness, resilience, the, the competitive factors in our economy and in the world economy, um, you know, technology and research and development in, in chips, in, um, 
you know, uh, various form factors uh, from power, batteries, uh, mobility, um, you know, the ability to, to bring the size, weight, and power of a lot of these form factors down to some really compelling uh, levels uh, such that, you know, ubiquity of mobility, ubiquity of high compute services um, is, is kind of exploding, right? So, so we're in this phase right now where, where the DOD, the Department of the Navy, and so forth, we got to think about making sure we can, to, to use a nautical phrase, can come up alongside of industry and, and at least try to keep pace and, and not sort of watch you, you know, go up and go out over the horizon and disappear from us, you know, as we, we kind of cling to our legacy uh, capabilities from 10, 15, 20 years ago or more. Um, so, so we're in this, we're really in this perfect storm of change with technology right now. Sounds like it, sounds like it, sounds you've got a lot going on out there. Um, when you talk about sort of, you know, versus the way you've always done it in the past, like I said, trying to, to expand your horizon to, to go alongside industry. Can you, can you give us some examples of that? Like, you know, when I look at this, you know, what type of issues um, that were maybe manual processes in the, past, in the past that you're trying to go forward and say, we need to stay on pace with what industry is doing, stay, you know, keep them in the horizon. Yeah, I think I think there's some really key areas, uh, certainly that we care about in in, in our line of work, uh, provisioning telecommunications, IT, and, and cyber defense services across across this vast uh, uh, piece of geography that is the, the Indo-Pacific. Um, so so I always like to go down stack, right? Go down to layer one and transport the you know the first uh, one, two, three layers of you know the classic OSI stack. Transport, 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 right? Bandwidth, bandwidth, bandwidth. A uh, long time ago, a smart engineer taught me, you know, uh, uh, keep in mind, McDonald, as you go through your career, whatever the question might be, there's a great likelihood that bandwidth is the answer. So that's one key area of technology is you got to be able to move uh, the information. You got to be able to move the applications, move the services, move the data, move the, the security infrastructure in a way that doesn't, doesn't clobber the, uh, the user experience. So, so transport is a big deal whether it's commercial space, uh, 5G, Next-G, uh, other modalities, even like Li-Fi and laser and optical, free space optical, uh, those technologies really have a compelling sort of aspect to them, I think, that, that are going to set up as game changers for the things we have to do in the future. You know, if you get those things right, Matt, uh, if you get trans, trans, uh, uh, transport and bandwidth and, and uh, communication services right, everything you aspire to do Upstack in data applications, big data, uh, security infrastructure, zero trust, all those things get get exponentially easier if the infrastructure is there. So, so I always kind of like to start there and in some ways remind a lot of our senior decision makers that you, you better get transport right because all the other things you aspire to do uh, rely upon that. Absolutely. And I said, having, having the bandwidth allows everything else to move, allow, allow, allowing you to take chance and be able to move some of this, what I call manual type items, moving to automation, moving them forward from that path. So, And, and by the way, Matt, I, I include in that, um, just to use the term broadly, um, I include compute power, right? And, and distributed compute power, right? Edge and, and distributed compute power. That's all part of that kind of bandwidth equation. I'm using the term sort of uh, a little more broadly than a lot of people might think about it. No, I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. So how about, if you can, share with me an example of how you, you've looked at sort of some of these processes. You've got the bandwidth figured out. You've got some of that uh, pipe figured out. You've got some of the compute power figured out. What sort of processes are you looking at and say, okay, 
going out to your team, say, how do we modernize this? How do we do this, both from a people standpoint, from a tool standpoint, and then making sure that it's in place to keep moving forward? Yeah, uh, great question. Uh, there's lots to unpack there, but I'll, I'll dial in on a couple of things. So, so I love innovation. I love R&D. Um, we're, we're, we're very much a part of some very compelling R&D and innovation efforts. But I'm also um, a bit of a, I'll call it a curmudgeonly um, critic of the valley of death, right? Of, of uh, so many research and development and innovation and experimentation uh, programs, projects, and platforms that all kind of systemically and very predictably, you know, fall their way into the valley of death. So, so I, th I think to your question, thinking about this uh, broadly and completely about how do you leverage those game-changing, uh, real transformational technologies? How do you then put the leadership commitment, the, the, the resourcing commitment and the staying power into it to navigate those things out of the valley of death, uh, field them, uh, sustain them, man and train them, uh, adopt them in terms of your processes and your culture, uh, lead them and, and, and sort of get the full return on investment of, of the most transformational technologies. That's, you know, I, I've said somewhat shooting for effect that, you know, anybody with a checkbook and a research lab behind them can do experimentation, right? Can do R&D. It, it, takes, it takes real gumption to figure out how to take the most successful experimental projects and then transform them into something at scale and then to adopt them broadly uh, in an organization's mission or enterprise's mission and then deal with the human factors, uh, the sustainment tail, uh, the cybersecurity and information assurance uh, compliance tail and all the other things you have to be able to do to sort of, uh, sort of achieve the real benefit of that investment over years, right? That's the hard part, right? And, and I'm, I'm, I am shooting for effect when I say anybody can do R&D. Uh, that's hard too. But what's wickedly hard is scale, sustainment, and operational adoption. And I, and I look at when I hear you say that, sir, I think a lot about, a lot of, about how you do that with your people. You know, I said how you're empowering your people to, do, to be able to get out and look over that ledge and say, you know, we need we need to be able to take that first step. We need to be able once we once we're going down these pilot phases, once we're doing these types of work, how do, how do we take that second step and third step? And so, can you talk a little bit about how you empower your department for change and how how you empower them to really modernize their cultural way of thinking to succeed and grow based on some of these challenges that you're seeing? Yeah, so some of this is very nuanced and, and tricky. Um, other parts of it really, really aren't is, um, you, you know, to put a, hopefully a kind of a rather simple point on it, you, you kind of get what you invest in with, in, in regard to that. You know, an organization that, that wants to strike a really good balance between uh, innovation and, you know, kind of what I would think of as a user-centered design or spiral development or the term of the day is DevSecOps or SecOps type of, delivery of innovation, but also balance that with a smart, disciplined adoption. You have to invest in that as an operational organization. Uh, you have to invest in being sort of on the ops side of DevOps, if that makes sense, Matt, right? And, and you know, it doesn't come for free, right? It takes work, it takes leadership commitment, and it takes a level of investment in having the sort of uh, subject matter expertise, uh, you know, close at hand that can really assist you and your entire workforce 
with the smart adoption and integration of, of transformational technologies. You know, a lot of people who naysay on this, they will say those are disruptive technologies. And some mean it in a good way. And, and others say, well, you know, the last thing we need right now is disruption, right? So, so uh, leaders have to make the investment in managing disruption, managing that disruption to transformation and to achieving return on investment. Uh, at Nick Tam's PAC and across our enterprise, we have a dedicated knowledge management team that among their stock and trade, you know, sort of contribution to the organization, they do this. Uh, and we're, we're continuously learning our way into how to be a smart adopter of transformational technologies, but you got to balance it with some discipline, right? Absolutely. And I said, what I'm hearing you say a lot there, sir, is that how are you managing that gray? How are you managing, how are you teaching your folks to manage that gray as well? Because I said, you know, you're, you're sending them off into the world and saying, okay, you know, you've got, you've, you, you bring back some ideas, you bring back some thoughts, you bring back some change that, that we can manage and we can use in our Nick Tams pack environment. Yeah. And, and you know this uh, because, you know, ServiceNow and some of your partner, uh, your partner industry uh, players that bring certain applications and services within the ServiceNow uh, ecosystem, uh, it is foundationally transformational what you deliver to your to your team, to your clients and, and, and your, your uh, customers and partners out there. But you also know that quite often there's a lot of resistance. You know, an organization that's been, been doing a certain thing a certain way for 10, 12, 15 years, and suddenly, you, you know, you, you bring this really powerful new way of doing it. And, and uh, you know, they all look at the PowerPoint charts and they look at the demonstrations and say, oh, well, you know, there's vastly way, better ways of doing this. You know, but then the hard part hits, right, is people actually have to train, they have to dig deep, they have to think about jettisoning, uh, you know, the legacy capability, you're turning their world upside down, yeah. right? And so there's a whole leadership element, cultural element of that, of, you know, how do you persuade people, kind of make your idea their idea, um, and, and uh, guide and lead uh, the adoption of something uh, truly powerful, right? And it's a commitment, right? It doesn't happen Absolutely. overnight. Yeah. It changes hard and it says hearts and minds, hearts and minds. Sure. That's right. I appreciate you sharing a lot of this stuff, sir. I, I really do. Um, I know we're going to be coming up close on time here. Any yeah. closing thoughts, like I said, on sort of the next steps for you over at Nick Tam's PAX and, and sort of how you're looking at evolving to support the warfighter in the future? Yeah, I, th I think you, uh, you, you, you framed it, um, you know, pretty well uh, right up front as we started the conversation, right? People processes and tools, and frankly, kind of in that order, right? Uh, and I don't want to say the technology or the tools are, you know, just incidental to the thing. All three of those are critically important to make transformation, but people, processes, and tools, if leaders think broadly and completely about those things and, and strike that right balance between, you know, being up on the balls of your feet, moving forward, you know, with innovation and, 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 and real enthusiasm, but also, you know, some discipline. And you got to know when to go slow in some places as well. Take your time and bring people along. Uh, you know, if you're just bringing a bright, shiny object into your enterprise and the people and processes aren't coming along with it, um, you, you're, you're going to waste money, time, and you're going to create cynicism. So, so that's how I think about this to get at your last question there is, um, to steward these, these uh, change initiatives across people, processes, and tools and strike that balance between always looking forward to, to improvement, continuous improvement, but to do it with some, some discipline and some real thought, right? That's how I think about this for our enterprise.
Sir, I, I really appreciate your time and your partnership. I wish you the best as you continue on your journey out there with Nick Tim's path. May you have fair winds and following seas, sir. Thank like you very it. much. You're learning fast, Matt. You got, the, you, got the, you got the Navy rubric down. Very good. We're training you well, and you're training us well as, uh, as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir.